0: When someone perceives us, they're telling us more about who they are and how they see the world. Just the same as when we perceive them, we're doing the same thing. Sometimes it's a reflection that has truth about us. Can you discern that? Can you be present with that in a grounded way and process it through your own filters, your own beliefs, knowing who you are, and see if there's any wisdom. And if there's not, there's not. You don't take it personally. You let it go. Hey friends, welcome to episode 10 of the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today we are going to be talking about the art and power of not taking things personally. Not taking things personally is something that has given me a tremendous amount of leverage in my life, relationships, and work. And while I think many of us have heard the conversation about not taking things personally, I don't think that we have a full conversation about that. So I am going to bring in a perspective that may be new to you. If you're in my world or you have worked with me one-on-one, you have definitely heard me speak to this second part of not taking things personally. But I promise you that when you really understand, when you really integrate the wisdom the power, the process of not taking things personally, you will have more leverage to create what it is that you really want. You will have more leverage to experience true freedom, true peace in your life and relationships and everything that you navigate through. When it comes to not taking things personally, this is about what other people do and say. It is also about the systems of life. So there are systems in this world that are both natural and man-made, and it's the man-made systems that we often take personally. And we're going to have a separate systems conversation at some point on the show, because that is just a bigger conversation in and of itself and really deserves the time and attention and care of one full episode. So know that this conversation also applies to systems, and we will have that in a separate episode. But today we're going to be talking about not taking other people's actions, words, behaviors, personally. In order to do that, we have to understand the perception model. The perception model shows us how perception works, what perception is. And there's different layers to perception. So as human beings, we experience life through our senses. We see things, we hear things, we smell things, we taste things, we touch things. When it comes to the conversation of not taking things personally within our context on this show, we actually want to focus on how people are perceiving, how we perceive events and experiences, and how other people do as well. All of us, perceive things through this perception model. What happens with the perception model is that we perceive things. We perceive people, experiences, actions, and words. We perceive them by hearing them or visually seeing and witnessing them. Once we perceive them through our senses, we then run them through our internal filters. That includes our distortions, the way we distort what it is that we are seeing and witnessing and perceiving, Deletions, the things that we have chosen to tuck away, set aside, not consider, just completely erase from our memory and our stories and our internal programming. Generalizations, all men do this, all women do that. People of a certain culture behave in certain ways. You can't count on anyone to show up for you. Generalizations, based on limited experiences with only certain people throughout our lives. So we generalize. Then we have our beliefs and our values. We have our subconscious belief system, which if you've listened to prior episodes was formed very, very young. The foundation of our internal subconscious belief system Was formed without any choice on our part, any conscious choice about what we're willing to accept and not accept, what we really do truly believe. And this all happened at a very young age. So, before the ages of five to seven, our subconscious mind was wide open. We formed beliefs about the world, beliefs about other people, beliefs about what's safe and secure, what success means, what love and belonging is, and how we can get it. We formed beliefs about what's possible and what's not, what's right or what's wrong. So, we have this internal belief system. And based on that internal belief system, we have a set of values what we value and what we do not. So as we perceive experiences and other people's behaviors, we're running that through our belief system, what we believe to be true about the world. Now with our subconscious winning strategy, we inherently believe that some things are possible and others are not. And we internalize our external experiences in such a way that reinforces our worldview, which means we can distort them. We can delete certain things that don't make sense to us on a subconscious level because we have this subconscious belief system that was formed so young and we continue to reinforce as we went through life because we're behaving and being in certain ways. We're using our winning strategy in order to produce the outcomes that we already believe are possible based on past experiences, based on what other people have told us. So things happen outside of us. We make our generalizations. We run them through our deletions and our distortions. We distort them based on our subconscious programming, our subconscious deep internal belief system, our values, and we also have rules, the way things should and shouldn't be, what's right and wrong. So something happens, someone says something, someone does something. We perceive that through our senses and we immediately run it through all of these internal filters. So if you haven't done the work to understand your subconscious winning strategy, your deeper internal belief system that was formed when you were very, very young, without any conscious choice or say on your part, we're already distorting the experience. We're perceiving it through a very specific set of filters, which immediately distorts it. And we will internalize it in such a way that it reinforces our worldview, even if that worldview is painful. So we run these experiences through these filters, and then it hits our deeper perceptions. Our deeper perceptions include references, which are past memories and future visions. Past memories are all of our prior experiences. So rather than seeing and experiencing what happened as what happened, we are running it through our filters and then referencing it against all of our memories, all of which have run through our filters and been internalized in a certain way to reinforce and support our worldview. So the way that we remember things is also distorted to some degree. That does not mean it's inaccurate. This work is not about gaslighting ourselves or others. It's simply how the human brain works. We perceive everything through our filters. Then we go into our deeper perceptions and we internalize things. We tell our stories. We have our beliefs. We compare them to past experiences. We compare them to future visions of what we expect to happen, how we think things should turn out, how we think things should go, the right way for life to turn out, the right way for situations to look. Then we run all of that through our self-talk, our internal dialogue, and our stories, our interpretations about everything that happened in the past and everything that's happening now, based on the filters that we hold, the beliefs that we have. The foundational subconscious programming, how we make sense of life in order to support our worldview, even if that worldview is painful, even if our worldview is centered around our core wound, which for much of us, it is until we do the deeper healing work, until we're conscious to what our core wounding is, we will constantly reinforce the belief that we're not good enough, that something's wrong or broken in us, that we're not lovable, that we don't belong. And we have stories that are anchored in those core wounds. Nobody gets me. I'm too stupid. I'm worthless. There's no point in me being here. What's the point of anything? People are bad. The world is hard. Life is out to get me. So we have these stories. We have this internal self-talk, this inner dialogue. And as we perceive events, those get further filtered through our deeper perceptions and the stories that we tell, the stories that we need to tell when we're not conscious to them to reinforce our worldview, which is anchored and rooted in our core wounding and our winning strategy. We work so hard to produce outcomes. That make us feel the opposite of our core wounding. Go back to the earlier episode on winning strategies, episode three. That is where we talk in depth about core wounding and how to identify what your winning strategy is. Because until you see that and you might need support, you might need support understanding what your winning strategy is and how it comes into play because it's so inherent to your worldview. It's so baked into how you see and experience and perceive life. And its intention is to create outcomes that allow you to feel the opposite of your core wounding. If you don't see that at play, you have no idea how colored your lens of perception has become because you need to reinforce that worldview, even if it's painful. And once we reinforce that worldview, what do we do? We activate our winning strategy. We start operating in such a way that we can produce outcomes that make us feel certain that that winning strategy is not true. Meanwhile, we're pushing away what we really want. What feels impossible to us gets pushed away perpetually, further and further, every time we activate our winning strategy. So you have to be conscious of the stories that you tell, which are anchored in your core wounding, in your winning strategy. So we perceive something, we run it through our filters, we reference it against past memories and future visions, how we believe things should look going forward, what's right or wrong. And now we're telling stories about it. And these are stories that we tell all the time, whether we see them or not. Then what we're perceiving mixes with our current state, our emotions, our feelings, even how we feel physically. If I'm feeling lethargic and I'm not feeling well, that's going to influence my emotional state. That's going to influence how I perceive what I am experiencing. If I'm feeling vulnerable, if I'm feeling triggered, if I'm feeling sad or angry, especially if I'm feeling angry and I'm not in a grounded anger, not in an anger that is being transmuted in a productive way, there's nothing wrong with anger. Anger is a powerful emotion, a healthy and normal one, one that we need to learn to embrace. We'll talk all about anger on an upcoming episode, but if we're not conscious to our anger, if we're deep in the messy experience of anger, and we're feeling triggered or we're feeling hurt. And that's why anger is present. The way that we perceive something changes. It's influenced by our current state, and it can be influenced by our physical state and experience. If I'm hangry, if my nervous system is dysregulated, I am going to perceive situations differently if I'm not conscious to that. Because when we're conscious to it, we know that like, I'm really triggered right now. I need to center myself. I need to take a moment so that I, you know, can engage with this statement, this person, this experience from a clear-headed and grounded place. So I can perceive it accurately in a way that is productive for me and the other person and the situation at hand. you we have to be conscious to our state. And if we haven't done the work to build a relationship to our body, our intuition, our emotions, so many of us don't have a relationship to our emotions. That will also be a whole other episode. We don't have that relationship. And so we perceive experiences differently than what might actually be happening. And when we're feeling certain emotions, if we're feeling depressed, if we're feeling hurt, if we're triggered, that is going to further amplify our stories, our core wounding, our subconscious belief system. We're going to interpret what's happening in such a way that reinforces this painful worldview anchored in our core wounding. All of this influences our physiology and influences our behaviors. Something happens. We run it through our filters It hits our deeper perceptions. It mixes with our present state. It then influences our physiology and informs our behaviors. That is the perception model. When you perceive someone or something, whatever it might be, whoever it might be, whatever the situation, this is what happens. This is the perception model. This is what perception is. You do or say something to me. I gather that information through my senses. It runs through my internal filters. It hits up against my deeper perceptions it mixes with my present state and it influences my physiology, how I physically feel and hold myself and informs my behavior. That is the perception model. All of that, me perceiving you, me perceiving a situation, all of that has everything to do with me and my individual perception model. So this is where not taking things personally can now come into play. When you understand the perception model, when you understand there we're all very individual personalities with unique energetics who have our own core wounding and traumas and belief systems and values, who have our own set of past experiences that have influenced and shaped the stories that we tell. We all have our own winning strategy. We're all fighting so hard to not feel our core wounds. And we're all having a different experience on any given day at any given moment. My mood shifts depending on where I'm at each day, what I've been through, what I'm thinking about, what I'm feeling, what's happened. All of that is contained Within me. So we're perceiving and being perceived through very different perception models. No two people have the same perception model. That is not possible. Even if we're siblings, we had the same parents, we grew up in the same household, we're talking about the same situation. Our perception of it, our experience of it is completely different because I'm a different person than my sibling. I have a different personality, I have different energetics. It was a different age in the moment that it happened, whatever we're talking about. I felt different on that day. I have different memories and experiences, even if we live through the same moments together. Every perception model is completely different. So when other people perceive us and then respond to us. So let's say someone rejects us. We offer them a job. We ask them on a date, whatever it may be. Someone rejects us. They say no. We take that personally and they might give us reasons that feel personal. I don't like you. This work environment that you've created is toxic. Their experience of that is true and valid. We don't use this, especially the perception model, to invalidate other people's experience. That is gaslighting. We don't gaslight other people. We don't gaslight ourselves. What we are doing is understanding that their reasoning for that, their perception of us, their experience of us, the decisions that they are making are a direct result of them experiencing us or the offer or invitation and running it through their perception model, which informs their behavior, their decisions, their stories, their experience, just the same as you deciding to ask them out or offer them the job was wholly informed by your unique perception model, yours and yours alone, which has everything to do with you, just the same as it has everything to do with them, what they have decided and why. When someone rejects us, when someone is toxic or abusive towards us, When someone is cruel or unkind, that actually does not have anything to do with us, even when it sounds like it does. This takes tremendous work. If you are not conscious to your winning strategies, your internal belief system and why it's there and what's shaped it, your values, your rules about how life should and shouldn't look. If you're not conscious to all of this, if you're not aware of your traumas, which influence these things, which influence what triggers you and what does not, any unresolved or unprocessed grief it will be really difficult to not take things personally because you will see everything happening as evidence that your core wounding is true. You are damaged and broken. You are unlovable at your core. You do not belong. You're not good enough. No one understands you. Whatever your core wounding is, you will perceive everything that's happening, especially the things that don't feel good, as evidence that your core wound is true. You won't even know that you're doing that. It will just be truth. It will just be true that, see, nobody understands me see i don't belong anywhere see i'm not good enough i'm too much that will happen instantly because of your perception model and your perception model's foundation is all of these internal pieces that we've been talking about consistently through every episode for a reason you have to be conscious to the subconscious pieces you have to be aware of them you have to understand them more importantly you have to work on them you have to rewire your belief system when it's limiting in nature When it's based on a limited and narrow experience of life, when it was formed before your conscious mind had any ability to say what you agreed with and what you didn't, when it was wired from trauma and fear, your rules are based on the belief that life should turn out a certain way, that there is such a thing as right and wrong, for how things should look, for how people should behave, that only some things are possible and others are not, and therefore you must behave in certain ways to produce the only outcomes that are accessible to you. You have to know your values. what are your true values, which requires knowing who you are, knowing your personality, knowing your unique energetic wiring, knowing what you believe, knowing what you desire, knowing your purpose and calling the life that you are here to live. The deeper work matters and understanding these concepts that we talk about on the show intellectually gives you a certain amount of leverage. But if you want real leverage to create true transformation, not just incremental changes, not just better intellectual awareness of why things are the way they are. But to truly be free of taking things personally, to truly be free and leverage to create what it is that you want rapidly, all of that deeper work has to be done. You will be able to intellectually know it's not personal because there is such a thing as a perception model and this is what is making up the perception model and you will still feel hurt and triggered and you will internalize that hurt and trigger in such a way that you perpetuate your stories and your limiting belief system. You reinforce your worldview and you activate your winning strategy, which keeps what you want further and further out of reach. Intellectual understanding only gives us so much leverage. We must do the deeper healing work to really understand our own perception model and build it in such a way that it is supportive and productive of us creating what we really want. I am so aware of my core wounding, and I am so aware and conscious too, the stories that my core wounds tell. I know my traumas, I know my limiting beliefs and why they are there, and I have done the work to process and heal and clear them so that they don't drive the show. I know my winning strategy and what activates it. I am very clear on what it is that I want and who I need to be to have it. So I have rewired my perception model. And if anything is still in there that is not productive, I am aware of it. And it being triggered, it being touched upon, my perception of something bumping into my core wounds, my stories, my limiting beliefs, I'm aware when that happens because I have conscious awareness of all of those things and I do the work to heal and clear it. And again, anytime something deeper reveals itself, it is doing so because it is ready to be healed and cleared. It is a gift. At this point in my healing and growth journey, I really, truly do not take things personally, but I want to touch on some really important things to understand about what that means. First, we still feel our feelings. Our emotions are valid and real and warranted. We feel disappointed. We can feel hurt. We can feel sad. We can feel angry. We can feel frustrated. Emotions are healthy. What we don't do is tell stories about them if someone says no to me around something i really wanted a yes for i can feel my disappointment i don't tell stories about it i don't take it personally but here's something that i feel like is really really important and this takes skill and practice and we must have a true clean foundation of not taking things personally in order to do this i also look for is there something being reflected to me that will help me heal and grow more so it may not be personal. And is there something here for me to help me grow more fully into who I want to be, who I'm here to be? If someone rejects me, if someone tells me that they don't like me, or they tell me what they think about me, and it's not nice, doesn't feel good, it hurts, it stings, I will sit with it. First, I will feel my feelings, the raw emotion without story. Feeling our feelings is so healthy and important when we process them productively in real time, nothing further is getting stored in our bodies and ourselves that we will need to heal and clear later. We feel our feelings. So I feel my feelings. I also feel my feelings so that that doesn't become a state which influences my perception of what is happening. I feel the raw energy of my feelings. When I'm feeling more cleared out of that emotion coursing through my body, when I'm feeling more grounded and centered, I understand that it's not personal and I look very intentionally for. Is there something being reflected to me now that resonates? Are they saying something about me that stings because it feels true? Or does it just sting because I'm really disappointed and it really makes me sad that that's how they perceive or experience me or that's what they think and feel about me? There's a very big difference. It can sting that someone doesn't like you, that someone doesn't want to be with you, that someone doesn't want to work with you. And it stinging does not mean that there's something valid in their reflection that feels true for you. It's valid for them. Remember, we're not gaslighting ourselves or other people. Their experience and perception is valid. It's not about you. It's how they have perceived you through their perception model based on who they are, what they want, what they value. It's valid for them. We don't invalidate that. Someone else's perception of me can sting because ouch, it really sucks that someone sees me that way or feels that way about me or doesn't want me or this opportunity. That can sting. Sometimes it stings because there's a truth in it that we don't want to look at, which might be, okay wow, they're reflecting to me that I have been very selfish. That doesn't feel good. That feels yucky. That, if we haven't done the deeper work, can activate our core wounding and our stories. I can start to say, wow, I'm just a really crappy person. I don't deserve love. I don't deserve happiness. Not good enough for relationships. Or I can say, I see that. I have been selfish. And I do that with kindness and care and grace towards myself because we're all human. We're all human we are imperfect. Sometimes we're oblivious. Sometimes there are habits and patterns and ways of being that we don't realize are toxic and damaging to others. So sometimes people's perception of us has a nugget that is a gift. If we can see it that way, it can sting, it can hurt, it can suck. If someone says no to an invitation or opportunity to work with you, there might be a genuine reflection in their reasoning for why. And it can sting and it can be hard to hear and hard to look at that. Maybe you aren't as good of a boss as you think you are. Maybe you haven't created a work environment that people want to be a part of. Maybe now you can see, look at how unhappy my other team members are. That can sting. That can hurt. That can be hard. So, when we can understand the perception model, we can feel our feelings fully in a healthy and clean and productive way. We can understand that someone else's perception of us, someone else's decision around us is not personal because it's going through their very valid and unique. Perception model. Then, when we are in a clear, clean, grounded headspace, which on its own can take a tremendous amount of work, especially if someone said something that's really triggering to you. So, we have to have tools for grounding. We have to have tools to feel and process our emotions in a clean and productive way. We have to have tools to not engage in the stories and to not immediately dismiss someone who's saying something that doesn't feel good. That requires tools and skills. And when we can do all that, we can come to a clean and grounded place and we can really sit with the reflection someone else's perception of us, is there truth here that resonates for me? And this requires tremendous discernment because to them, that is truth. Your work environment is really crappy and you are not a good boss. You are selfish. You're not a good listener. You're unkind sometimes. That's their truth. That's their experience of you. When we have a relationship to our intuition, and our body, and we know ourselves fully, we're in full alignment with the truth of who we are, we know ourselves, our we understand our personality, our energetics, we have this relationship to self, we have this relationship to intuition, our body, our ability to discern, then we can really sit with what's being reflected. Does that feel true? And when it comes to these things, these reflections, discernment, you are the only person who knows for sure. So you can go out and you can get other people's feedback. There's nothing wrong with that. I can go ask my friends and family, am I selfish? (laughs) What's your experience of me around this? And I can gather more insight and information from them for me to discern whether or not that feels true. Because it could be true that I'm selfish, or it could be true that I'm surrounded by people that really just prefer to take and they don't like when I have needs. Discernment. I am ultimately the only person who can decide that. So there's nothing wrong with asking for other people's opinions and feedback. That gives us more to work with, but ultimately you have to have such a relationship to yourself and your intuition and your body and knowing who you are, I being grounded and anchored in that, that even if everyone around you confirms, yeah, you're a bad boss. Yeah, you're selfish. You can discern if that's really true. And this is so, so important because I think it's very easy for us to then internalize everyone's feedback and opinion around something that's already stinging. So we assume it must be true, but there have been situations in my life where yes, Those things have been true. Yes, gathering more insight and feedback. It's like, okay, wow, I am this thing. (laughs) That doesn't feel good. That's a bummer, but it resonates. I see it. And there have been times where I've had reflections and all it has done is make me aware that I see a pattern here. I am in a relationship with certain people that believe I should be a certain way that don't actually see or hear me. Discernment. You have to know yourself so fully that you can discern that. And in order to stay grounded and anchored in the truth of who you are and the truth of the experience for you, you have to have done all of this deeper healing and alignment work. You have to understand your perception model and everything that makes it up. All of these conversations that we have built go back to the earlier episodes on subconscious programming, on alignment. And we'll talk more and more about these things as we go. But in order to truly discern for yourself, if there is a nugget that is being reflected back to you when someone else's perception of you. Even though that perception is not personal, it's a reflection of their internal model. There might be a truth for you. And here's the thing about truth. Truth is subjective and ever-changing. That's really hard for us. What is true for someone else might not be true for us. It does not make their truth invalid. It's subjective. It's based on their perception model, their experience, who they are as a person and what they believe, same as it is for you. Your experience does not invalidate theirs and vice versa. We have to hold space for that. We have to learn how to work together around those things when there is an opportunity to work together on them. We have to learn to not take it personally, to not gaslight ourselves or other people. No matter how similar you are to someone else, if you have the same experience, your internal experience of it, your perception of it, will be different. Someone else's does not negate your experience and vice versa, and we have to stop gaslighting each other. Truth is subjective and it's ever-changing, meaning... If it is true in this moment that I am pissed off at you because you did something that for me as a person and through my perception model was not okay and was hurtful, it's true that I'm angry at you. I'm mad. And if we talk about it and we repair, it is also now true that I am no longer upset with you. Truth is subjective and ever-changing. We do not invalidate other people's experiences and only you can know what's true for you. Discernment. I will say the word discernment so frequently because I want that to be something that you hear in your head when you're not listening to the show. Discernment requires deeper healing work. If you're not aware of your perception model, all the subconscious pieces at play, all the trauma and wounding that informs your belief system, that informs your state if you get triggered, it'll be really hard for you to discern what's true for you. It will be even harder for you to see the nuggets in someone else's reflection if there are any. All of this builds on itself. You have to do this deeper work. So that is a bit about not taking things personally when we perceive them as bad, meaning someone judges us, someone says something about us that doesn't feel good, someone rejects us. Most people, when it comes to not taking things personally, can wrap their brains around the bad not being personal. Here's the piece that has given me the most leverage that I think is the most difficult for humans Wrap their brain around it was for me at first. I'll be honest, it was really hard for me when I really started to sort this out for myself to let it land. But since I have, it has made a world of difference and me being able to live my fullest expression and to create a life that feels really aligned. So we can wrap our brains around the bad is not personal. When someone lashes out at me, when someone rejects me, abandons me, tells me that they don't like this or that about me, calls me names, it's not personal. We can do that but we will then make the good personal. So I like to use my book as an example. I wrote Unravel, and Unravel is my memoir. We'll link to it in the show notes. And Unravel is a very vulnerable and revealing piece of work. I shared my story of grief and loss and what it really took for me to rise up and come back and heal. It is a very vulnerable story because I am exposing myself to risk and judgment. As a human being, as a creative, an author, someone who puts their creations and their story out into the world, of course, I prefer it when the feedback is good. Of course, I want the book that I wrote to help and support others to be received in that way, to be considered helpful and supportive. But here's the thing, someone loving the way that I write, the book that I wrote, affirming that what I chose to do on my own journey was validating and healing and supportive for them, that is not personal. Just the same... As somebody telling me that I'm a terrible writer, they hate my book, they think that everything I did and said was stupid, they think I'm a fraud, whatever the negative, the bad perceptions of my book, that is very easy for other people to say, oh, it's not personal. Don't take it personal. It's easy for us to say that when it happens. Don't take it personally. The good, the five-star reviews, the, oh my God, I love this book so much I cried, that I read this book over and over again. It's so highlighted because it just means so much to me. You're such a brilliant, beautiful writer. That is also not personal. This is where I lose a lot of people. And I understand why. We want to take the good personally. It is as not about us as the bad. And here's why this matters so much to me and the gift that it has given me. So going back to my book as an example, I have gotten bad feedback. It's not personal. There are some reflections in there that I think will make me a better writer going forward, a better teacher, a better coach. There's a lot of really good feedback, which as a human being, as a creative, as someone who shares their creations and their story for a living, puts it out into the world for other people to consume and do with what they will. An individual with an ego, just like anyone else, that feels good. It feels really good. I'm so glad that the book that I put out is helping people in the way that I intended. I won't deny that. And I know that it is not personal. How this helps me going forward is I am going to write more books. I am working on a second memoir, which will be even more vulnerable and revealing than Unravel. If I took it personally, all of the good, positive, preferred feedback, I would be far more attached to getting that again. I would be writing my next book with the hope, the intention, the drive to get more of that good feedback to be more of what people want and need from me. When we take the good personally, this can activate our winning strategy. We can celebrate it, relish the expansive emotions, the feel goodness of it. That's the same as feeling our disappointment, feeling our hurt, our anger. We can feel how we feel about it, but we don't tell stories. We don't interpret it. We don't take it personally. Someone else loving my book is no more a reflection of me than someone hating it. Someone loving it gives me insight and information about what I have done right, which I might want to incorporate and carry forward. Just the same as someone hating it might give me insight into how I can tell a story better, how I can write more clearly, what I can do different going forward. Should I choose to? Does that feel right for me? But I am not attached to putting out my next book and getting the same praise from the same people because I know that them praising me, their perception of the book, Of me, my story, my journey, that's not about me. That's them perceiving it through their unique perception model. That's them being who they are and discerning what's right and wrong for them. And while I am a factor in that process, it is not actually about me. It is about them. When someone rejects us, that is not personal. We are happy to say that. That feels good. It's not personal. It's not about me. When someone chooses you, it is also not personal. It is also not about you in the same way. You are a factor. So that's not to say that someone choosing you isn't meaningful, isn't a reflection of who you are as a person, but it's not personal. This gives us freedom and leverage in a very specific way. So we still feel our feelings. We're still human beings with egos. It's always going to feel nice to feel chosen. It's always going to feel nice to get good, positive feedback, to have people say yes to the things we want them to say yes to, but we lose the attachment And that attachment is what will cause us to go into our winning strategy. If it feels so good to me and I make it personal when I am chosen, I will seek to be chosen again and again. I will start to activate and build a winning strategy around that. If I really was attached, because I took it personally that everyone, most people liked my book, I'm attaching to that and it's going to influence how I write my next book. I don't have that attachment. And that is what I believe is the gift and the power really understanding what it means to not take things personally when somebody chooses you it is a direct reflection of their internal perception model just the same as when someone rejects you so we can feel our feelings we can feel disappointed we can feel elated we feel the raw energy and emotion we do not tell a story about it someone else choosing us doesn't mean anything about us other than we fit with things that they are looking for or not And what they are looking for is based on their perception model, who they are as a person, what they want, what they value, what they need. Doesn't mean that everything is suddenly meaningless, that the good doesn't matter. We can still receive it. We can still feel it. And we don't take it personally. And then we are detached from a winning strategy of trying to produce that same thing over and over again. I see this a lot with clients, clients who are trying to step out of their winning strategy, and yet they keep getting hooked in by the good reflections of them. So if somebody doesn't give them the praise that they want, if somebody doesn't respond the way that would make them feel best, if they get a rejection, if things aren't flowing the way that they want, they take that personally. Through rewiring and repatterning work, through process work, I can get them to a point where they can stop taking that personally. But if they continue to take the good personally, they are still hooked into their winning strategy. They are still not free and leveraged to create what they really want. So when they do get that little bit of praise, that little bit of what they consider through their own perception model, good, positive feedback. They start to see just a crumb of what it is that they might want, activates their winning strategy. Now they're trying to get more of that. When we don't take these things personally, good or bad, we can detach. We can stay free and leveraged to create what we want to make impossible things happen. To not get hooked in, trying to get the little crumbs that we think are good, to not take those personally is such a freedom, unlike anything else. And I know that that's really difficult, and I know that it's really mind-bendy. For me, when I first started to really play with this idea that like, if the bad isn't personal, then the good isn't either, that broke my brain a little bit. It made it hard for me to understand how anything could be enjoyable, how anything could have meaning, whether it was finding a person who wanted to be in relationship with me, whether that was romantic or professionally or platonically. It's not about me. Do I even need to be here? Is it even meaningful? Is it even real? Those were the questions that came up for me when I really started to play with this belief. But it's given me so much freedom to just land in none of it's personal. Everything is a reflection of the other person's perception model, their beliefs, their values. Just the same as it is for me. Me choosing someone, me liking something, is a direct reflection of my internal perception model of who I am as a person. It doesn't make it less meaningful. It just makes it less personal. And that's okay. That's good. So we can enjoy the things that feel good as long as we're not attached to them, as long as we don't make them mean something about us in such a way that it limits us, that it keeps us stuck, that we take it personally and we spiral into our core wounds, or we take it personal when it's good and we activate our winning strategy to keep getting what we think it is that we can get. If you're struggling with any of this, I completely understand. It's difficult. But understanding the perception model helps because this is happening for all of us and all of our models are different something happens we experience something through our senses we run it through our filters it hits our deeper perceptions and it mixes with our present state which influences our physiology and influences our behavior every time perception is happening that is what is going on beneath the surface and all of that hinges on the person who is perceiving their perception is a reflection of them it doesn't mean there isn't a nugget for us that there isn't truth For us, there's always truth in their perception. We don't gaslight ourselves or others, ever. There's truth in their perception. You don't get to decide that someone's perception model is flawed. That is for them to discern, just like it is for you. Your perception may be flawed because you may need to do deeper healing work. You may not understand the subconscious pieces at play. You may be influenced by your current state, not realize it. Your core wound might be triggered and activated. Your perception might be flawed. No one decides that but you. No one. Someone might be able to suggest that, hey, knowing what I know about you, I, do you think maybe you're triggered? Do you think that this could be because of this belief or this past experience? People are allowed to make suggestions and reflections. Only you can discern if that is true. There have been so many times in my life where other people's reflection, where other people's opinions and perceptions of my perception and experience were completely wrong because they're not me. They don't hold my context. They're in their own perception model, their own context. And there have been times where it has been a valid and appreciated and healing and growth inducing reflection, nugget of wisdom, and them asking me that. You don't get to decide if someone else's perception model is flawed. No one else gets to decide if yours is. None of it is personal. And there's a gift in that. We feel our feelings, but we don't tell stories. We don't process perception in an unproductive way. And when we have that leverage, we have the freedom to create what it is that we really want to really connect with other people in meaningful and real ways. When someone perceives us, they're telling us more about who they are and how they see the world. Just the same as when we perceive them, we're doing the same thing. It's all reflections. Sometimes it's a reflection that has truth about us when someone else is perceiving us. Can you discern that? Can you be present with that in a grounded way and process it through your own filters, your own beliefs, knowing who you are and see if there's any wisdom. And if there's not, there's not, you don't take it personally. You let it go. If there is, there's something more for you to work with, and that's a gift. So all of that is the art and the gift of not taking things personally. If you have any questions, I am here. I am here to answer them. I am here to guide you to any resources if you're struggling with this. This is really difficult for you to not take things personally, good or bad, or it's difficult for you to discern when there is a genuine reflection for you check the show notes. We'll have a link to learn more about working with me in different capacities. I can support you with that. There's something that needs to be healed or cleared so that you can be present with yourself in such a way that you can discern. So you can know yourself fully. If things are hard, it doesn't mean that they're impossible for you. It doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing them. It doesn't mean that something's damaged or broken in you. It just means that something needs to be cleared or healed so that you have the leverage, you have the space, you have the ability to do the things you need to do to create what it is that you want all it means. In the next episode, we will be talking about persistence and how we do hard things. And as always, I have a bit of a different take on both of these that I hope will be supportive and beneficial for you. But on the path to making the impossible happen, it requires persistence and doing a lot of very hard things. So we will talk about that next thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals, plus our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.